And welcome back. This is Focus Target Podcast, where we are here to bring you the very best of what we have to offer, whether that is a lot or a little. Today, we're going to be talking about a little game that we've referred to many times in the past. It's called Destiny. And in order to help us break down this monster of a game, we've brought in a little bit of reinforcement in the form of our friend from the gaming community, who you may know as Bentendo. Ben, thanks for joining us. Uh, thank you, thank you so much, guys. Just want you to know, uh, long time listener, first time caller. Looking forward to this. <laughs> <laughs> and <clears throat> Ben, clarify what's what's your full uh, gamer tag? It's Bentendo. Uh, my full gamer tag is going to be Bentendo sixty four. Bentendo sixty four, which is just the reminiscing that I get just from listening to the name is magnificent. So, exactly. well done. And of course, I'm always yeah, I'd love joined the Dreamcast. here. Um, yeah, we've talked about that, haven't we? Um, I'm, of course, always joined by Shy and Van. They are old hands at this, but always welcome in our table of friends here at the Focus Target Podcast. Um, and before we get into Destiny, we'd like to ask our question of the day. And Ben, I'm going to start uh, by asking you the question of the day. And today's question of the day is, what is your favorite female video game character? Oh, Hi. Ooh, that's a good question. That's actually going to be an easy one. Um, I'm definitely going to have to go with Faith from Mirror's Edge. Um, oh. Yeah, Mirror's Edge, definitely one of my favorite games. Uh, I would definitely say of all time, I think the character is just awesome. I like the whole running and parkour aspect that she has. Uh, great design, great look. I would definitely go with Faith. You excited about Mirror's Edge too? Recently announced, by the way? I am so excited about that. I have been waiting for a sequel for forever. Uh, I just read that it's going to be a reboot, which to me sounds amazing. It's going to be open world. It's it's basically going to be the game that I wanted the original to be. So I cannot wait for that. And that chick was Asian. She was hot. That helps. That helps. All right, Van. That's a good segue to you. What uh, what would you say your favorite female video I'm game character? Well. No, absolutely not. It's not. That doesn't even make any sense. Just answer the question. <laughs> so, uh, my favorite, um, actually going against the whole Van stigma, would be Alex Vance from Half Life 2. And the reason behind it may shock you, but it's because she's not like any other female character. Um, out of any of the video games I've played. Miss Alex was respectable. She didn't have ridiculously large boobs. Not that that's not respectable. But she wasn't um, disproportionate. And she actually didn't play like the the typical damsel in distress. She was a strong, level-headed, cooperative player with a lot to add to the gameplay and really filled in the role perfectly. So I got to go with Alec Vance, uh, my girl from Half-Life 2. So are you ever going to answer a question of the day without using Half-Life 2 as your answer? That's my question. You know, um, we'll save that for another My podcast. response is Half-Life 2. He'll, I'm he'll going to Half-Life using, 2. He'll stop using Half-Life 2 when Half-Life 3 comes out. <laughs> oh, dear Lord. So, we've got a long wait. Alright, Shy, what about you? Favorite video game female? Let's hear it. So this was, I don't know, this was a really tough question for me. I don't know about you guys. Like, it's not a, its not something I think about often. Like, I guess I don't really think of favorite characters normally, but normally when I do, it's, they're normally male leads. I don't, I mean, that's just what comes to mind. Um, a lot of big video games are that way. But uh, I guess what finally came to mind was uh, Pain from Final Fantasy X-2, whoever played oh, that. Really? Um, and I don't know, I always liked her because... Uh, 
that's a pretty silly game. Anyone that's played Final Fantasy X too, um, and Yuna and Riku in that game are are kind of ridiculous and off the wall. And Pain is like this really strong, silent type female who kind of like balances the two of them out. And I always kind of respected that. And uh, yeah, I don't know. That's maybe not the best reason for for liking her, but I always I always thought she was a cool character in that mix. I think it's as, as good a reason as any. And uh, mine is also to come from a Final Fantasy series, a little bit earlier precursor. I'm gonna actually pick. Final Fantasy IX's Beatrix. Uh, Beatrix was a non-playable character who kind of fought against you a number of times uh, in the early parts of the game. And, uh, you know, she really was the kind of character that filled that role of, of, you know, fighting for an evil empire, even though she herself wasn't evil. She was kind of, you know, being loyal to her kingdom and, and loyal to, to the family, Whereas, you you know, even though she was on the opposite side of you, so she was a character that you could really respect. And uh, she was really cool. She had a bunch of badass moves, which she used against your party mercilessly. And it was one of those games, when I first played it, that I kept hoping that maybe at some point you'd get to have her as a party member. You know, like, she'd be, she'd be, able, to, you'd be able to recruit her over to your side. And even though she does join you kind of very briefly, she's never a full-time playable character, which, in my opinion, is a great shame. Nice. Nice, very nice. All right, well, uh, we talked a little bit before the podcast, but I should warn our listeners, there is a possibility that uh, the genre of favorite female video game characters may morph into something more than a question of the day. So look forward to that. Uh, But let's get back to Destiny. So Destiny, uh, again, we've talked about this game quite a bit. For anyone who doesn't know, it's a multi-platform game. It's developed by Bungie, who were the original makers of the Halo series of games. They... You know, departed from Halo, left Halo to go its own way and started developing this game Destiny, which was supposed to really revolutionize the first person shooter genre. And we'll talk a little bit about it in depth, but it really kind of delivered on that promise. It really took FPSs to a completely different area. And so the reason we chose to do Destiny is that in just a couple of weeks on September 15th, or actually I think it's September 18th. Um, the Taken King uh, comes out. Oh, 15th is the expansion. Uh, 18th is the is the raid. Is that yeah, right? 15th Spoiler the, the raid alert! On the 18th, yeah. Ah, oh, sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself. I just want to make sure I'm giving our listeners the very best. Uh, so on the 15th, we've got the Taken King, which is the first uh, major, I guess, true expansion to Destiny. It's had a number of kind of what do you call them, like. Like what are the, like the little mini expansions I mean, that yeah. they've had? What what, what are they called? They called them full expansions. I think they yeah, they've been, expansions. yeah, they called think... them full expansions. But uh, I wouldn't call. I would just say they were kind of just a uh, small episodes leading up to taking King. Well, and they've been growing in size, right? Like Dark Below is very minimal. House of Wolves, even though it doesn't have a raid, seems like it has a lot more. You know, besides that, and then this one seems even bigger. Yeah, I mean, it seems like from a content standpoint, this one is meant to be almost as large as the original game if not larger which I don't think they ever said anything of that nature with the previous expansions so it's it's definitely an expansion on a whole different level and so we thought since all of us have played Destiny in in some some degree or some varying level and all of us have played it together we thought we'd kind of go through what we've seen from Destiny itself and uh, you know kind of kind of ramp up to the uh, 
to the to the upcoming features and the upcoming expansion and kind of get you guys excited for it so uh, uh let's just jump right in uh what we're going to do is talk a little bit about things that we liked about various aspects of the game and maybe some things that maybe we didn't like so much um and as our guest i'm gonna i'm gonna start with bentendo here and so when we talk first about mechanics as far as the things you do in the game um and, and how the game feels to play what are some of the things that you like the most uh, about about Destiny, like what sets it apart from from its competitors in the FPS space? Well, I think definitely what sets it apart is um, the overall smoothness of the game mechanics. Uh, the shooting is down, is on point. I definitely like the multitude of guns that they have on there, and how all the guns are characters in and of itself. Everything has different perks. Everything feels and looks different. Uh, you got just a lot of uh, I definitely like the fact that they mix a lot of RPG elements into a shooter because up until this point I can honestly say I've never played anything like this game before and I'm not sure if I ever will to be honest yeah it definitely it definitely feels different uh, what about you Van what, what can you tell me about the mechanics that jumped out to you yeah, I gotta agree. The uh, the polishedness of the shooter type was really really refreshing. Um, I wasn't a big F I'm a huge FPS player, as I mentioned in previous um, podcasts. However, I'm not a big FPS player on the console, and um, I just never really liked them. They felt clunky, um, so I wasn't really happy. I just felt like I could do so much better on the PC than I could on on the PS4 or any other console. Just get frustrated. But with Destiny, um, it was just a seamless transition. It felt really good. <clears throat> the uh, movement, the you know speed, the um, advancement of the of the cursors while you're rotating with the thumbstick just felt really really good. So aside from like literally mechanics of it, um, I did like the cooperative play, um, being able to play a with uh, cooperatively with one of your your partners, one of your good friends, and not just trying to defeat the other team in a PvP, but literally completing a campaign cooperatively or in which we'll talk about later the dungeons cooperatively which was probably the biggest eye-opener and most exciting part about destiny to me but overall it's a very fluid game made me feel comfortable not being a primary console player very comfortable on the console controls shy what about you anything to add yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I got to agree with everything these guys have said. I think one thing that you and I have talked about before in the past as well is, and especially coming back to Destiny after taking a bit of a break, is uh, is just the, like, especially when we and we keep talking about gun, you know, like like you know the shooting mechanics and the and the and the gun mechanics, but the weight of the guns. I know this is something you and I specifically have talked about, but like you feel, definitely, definitely. you almost feel every shot you fire, and like when you reload, like you feel that uh, you know, you just it feels you feel like I don't know. There's definitely a weight and a heft to the weapons as you interact with them, which is really well, cool. And the guns feel really different right like each gun kind of has its own feel and that's something that i that to me I, I didn't i don't feel like in a lot of games like maybe you have different feels to, to different types of weapons but even in destiny you know one auto rifle does not feel the same as another auto rifle one shotgun doesn't feel the same as another shotgun like they feel very individualistic and that's i think that's a very good thing also, um, a, a little cool discovery that I had while playing the video games, and for our listeners, if you haven't done it yet, um, you know, it, your, your triggers on the bumpers, R2 or L2, whichever one you want to use for firing, le left-handed or right-handed, as you pull the trigger with guns like Abyss Defiant or even any pistol, I believe, pull it as slow as you possibly can, and you'll actually see the hammer start cocking back or the gun start charging if it's a uh, elemental damage weapon. And I know it's something subtle, but that type of just subtlety and attention to detail is what made the game really exciting for me. 
Yeah, definitely going off of what Anthony said. Uh, yeah, that is definitely cool. One of the, the coolest thing about the guns is that every gun does feel different, just like you said. And also, um, what's cool is that all the guns sound different too. Anytime you fire an icebreaker, that makes such a distinctive sound. You can tell the sound of an icebreaker apart from, say, Praetith's Revenge. I can close my eyes and listen to someone fire the hard light, and I can tell you exactly it's the hard light that's firing, without doubt. Or that thorn. Or the service regime. Sounds like a paintball gun going off in the middle of a, a match. Yeah, definitely true. And, and that's, I mean, I guess, you know, Van especially has talked about how a little attention to details can really enhance your immersion. And that's something that's clear that the development team for Destiny really wanted to do. They wanted to make it feel like you were in the game. Like, it's not... You know, I think a lot of times Destiny is compared to Borderlands because it's kind of a similar type of game. That That's probably the closest comparison you can draw. But, you know, they really try to keep the gravitas of the game there. Like, it's not a lighthearted, humorous game. It's a game where they want you to care about the story, care about the characters, and feel like you're a part of the action. Um, All right, well, we... oh. Please, go ahead, Chai. I was going to say, also, it's probably the only shooter I've ever played where you can stand in a puddle, shoot yourself in the foot, and damage yourself. <laughs> nice. I love that. Oh, I love so, it. <laughs> so to explain the inside joke, for those of you who haven't tried it, in Destiny, if you... Uh, generally, you're not able to shoot yourself or your teammates in the open world if you if you you know point your gun and pull the trigger it doesn't doesn't do any damage. But for some reason, uh, maybe it has to do with with like bullets bouncing off the water, I guess, or something. But if you stand in a puddle of water and fire down at yourself, you'll you can actually damage your own character with your own gun. So it's an interesting little glitch that you can try it out, show your friends, impress the people online. Because but pull I don't the know, trigger slowly when you're doing it. <laughs> yeah, catch that, catch that <laughs> hammer cocking back. All right, well, we talked about the good. What about the bad, guys? Let's start with Shy this time on the other end of it. Uh, what, what is, what about the game? Do you think could be better? What, what do you not like about Destiny? Specifically about the mechanics again. Specifically um, about the mechanics to start. We'll move on to other places as we go. I mean, like you said, like I think when we started this, when we started talking about the segment, you were talking about just like things that you do per day, and I think that especially. Um, it's gotten a lot better with House of Wolves, but, like, when the game first came out, like, your daily activities were pretty much bounties, and maybe, like, you know, your daily mission, or, like, you know, there were a couple other things you could do per day, but basically they started really getting repetitive, and uh, and I think that was a big a big problem, and, like, with House of Wolves, they've started, um, you know, they did, like, they've added weekly bounties, which are pretty cool, like, targeted bounties in the open world that you can go hunt down. Um, bounties, I guess, for the listener being activities you pick up from NPCs to complete and then turn in for, like, EXP rewards, Um and reputation rewards. Um, think of like dailies from like an MMO. But um, I don't know. They just um, even still, I feel like uh, like it's just there's not a big draw to them. They're very they're, you know they're they're very standard for like like MMO dailies. They're just like you know go fet- like it's almost like doing a fetch quest or like craft three items and turn them in that kind of that kind of system. Right. Kill so many enemies. Collect so many drops. Very MMO esque. Which I mean, that's what Destiny was built as, right? It was built as an FPS MMO. And uh, at the beginning, when the game first came out, we kind of laughed at it, saying it's not really that much of an MMO, but definitely incorporates a lot of MMO qualities. Uh, Van, what about you? Uh, drawbacks? Other drawbacks that you can think of? Mechanics? Um, mechanics yeah. It, it, one of the drawbacks that I, I, I think was at least prevalent for me was the fact that there's not really a huge differentiation between classes. 
Um, now I'm going to talk out of both sides of my mouth later because later on when we talk about raids, I'm going to talk about how I like that there was a small differentiation. I just think they didn't go far enough. Really, the only reason to select a different class between, you know, Warlock, Hunter, or Titan is for the special, which you'll use maybe twice through an entire raid or something like that, um, and also the jump. But, you know, all the other things are extremely minuscule. You know, throwing the Hunter Knife or shoulder, shoulder bashing with the Titan, it, it doesn't make me want to play that class because I can throw a knife versus do a shoulder charge. So I think they, they could have been more extreme in the differentiation. I do appreciate that there is at least some recognizable difference between the classes, but I don't think they went far enough, and they all seem a little bit too similar. Literally, if I played the whole game through all the way with a hunter, it would be the same as that game if I played it all the way through with any of the other classes. And Ben, what do you think? Anything, uh, anything else you'd like to add? as far as things that maybe you don't like as much about the mechanics and, and activities of Destiny? Uh, no, you know, I would say that Shy and Van definitely covered most of it. Uh, to Van's point, the I would say the biggest difference between the three classes outside of their specials, I would say their jumps. That is definitely the biggest difference mm, in the three characters. Uh, I just recently started a Hunter, and I can say the, the most obvious oh my difference God, is luck. the fact that they're jumps are just terrible. I'm sorry for all you Hunter players out there, but the I don't jumps agree with that at all. are terrible. <laughs> I haven't I played, play all, I haven't played all three classes. I, uh, I I've... have all three max, and Hunter is my jam, and I agree with him. <laughs> I don't know. Like At first, I didn't. At first, when I started playing Warlock and Titan, I was like, oh man, these jumps are so much better, but I feel like have you, after time, you really come to enjoy the flexibility of the Hunter. Hunting Ghost with your Hunter. Yes. Oh yep. my gosh, yes. <laughs> I actually yep, just I've did done that a... this morning. There's yeah, one... I got ghost you cannot get with a hunter's jump no way hmm. well it's, it's interesting because i think a lot of it really depends on what type of jump you're used to like the jumps do behave so differently that you really maybe i don't know even if it i mean there's definitely good or better or worse i should say for different situations in different areas where you're trying to maybe accomplish specific tasks but i think a lot of it has to do with just what you're used to, what you're expecting when you hit that double jump button. And I mean, that's what always threw me off is a lot of times when I would change classes, I would expect right. to jump in a certain way and then I didn't. So I would, uh, and I would, I would also want to tag on to Van. I feel like there is also a, a certain amount of customization with the grenades that I think often gets overlooked. I feel like some of the grenades actually do make some classes more appealing. Like the, uh, like the strikers lightning pulse grenade is really cool. And like the, the sun singers, like area of effect, you know, persistent grenade is cool. Like those can actually be reasons for someone to play a class over another. If like, if you're a big grenade user and like to use those. Yeah. I love those solar grenades. Thanks for Fair point, Shy. All right, let's move on to one of the big topics and one of the things that I think really sets Destiny apart from other games, and that's the gear progression and just the way they do gear in that game. When I first started playing Destiny, this was something that really hooked me in because I felt the way they offered gear to the player and the way you upgraded your gear and uh, kind of the, you know, just the method they handed out using I thought was very different in an FPS. I think a lot of us maybe have come from playing a game like Borderlands where it kind of has the Diablo bottle of gear dropping which means that gear just kind of rains down on you and 99% of it's garbage and you have to kind of sort through it to figure out what you like and end up selling most of the rest. Whereas Destiny really kind of went the other way and, and it felt like gear was a lot less common but it also tended to not be you didn't just fill up your inventory with useless junk quite as frequently. Uh, and then 
once you get into the game, obviously you get into kind of the MMO grind aspect of actually gearing up for end game activities uh, to the point where they actually tie the level of your character to your gear, um, where you would max out on EXP and start le- gaining additional levels using light on your gear. So there's a lot of the gear is a very almost unique. Uh, aspect of Destiny. So let's talk about what we like about it. I'm going to start in the middle this time with Van. Van, what's what do you, what's the best part about the gear? What do you think is strong about that in this game? Um, just the uniqueness of it, as you mentioned earlier. I, I think in one of our previous podcasts, we were talking. I think it was MMORP Me, and we talked about the different ways of leveling a character. You know, getting from one to max level, and it was always the gear, or it was always the XP grind. And whether you did that via quest base or by um, mob base. Nonetheless, there was still that that grind. What Destiny did differently, um, just like you said, to piggyback off of that, was your gear actually contained a specific amount of light. And as you gained more light, you can then step into the next tier of, um, say, it was the uh, trials. What was that called? Where, where you do the trials for gear and get level 22, 24, 26, all that stuff. Anyways, you get the gear, and, and, and um. it allowed you to actually try harder. Um. Well, correct me when I'm when you guys remember it, but it'll yeah, I, I forget keep, what it was called. Keep stepping up, and once you got to level 26, you know, then you can start doing the end game raids and everything like that, and you can ultimately get more gear. But as you got pieces dropped, they were of value. So, like you mentioned, instead of just throwing a whole bunch of crap at you, they threw stuff at you. Um, yeah, a couple of pieces may not have been higher light, but the ones that were, you had to keep, and then you had to level experience, and then go up in, in light level, which ultimately raised your base level. Consequently, if you took off that piece of gear, you would actually drop down to your maximum XP level, which was 20. And right now you can go all the way up to 34 in Destiny. And I'm going to look at that up real quick. Are you uh, talking about Strike Playlists? That's the one. Strike Playlist. Oh, huh. Strike Playlist. Okay, okay. So I liked uh, how unique it was, and it was a fresh, different type of leveling that um, we didn't even talk about on our MMRP me. What about you, uh, Bentendo? What what did you like about Gear and Destiny? What's your favorite thing about it? You know, I would say what I liked is also the same thing as what I disliked. I personally am not a fan of the whole light system deal where your your experience points go up to level 20 and then after 20 everything just goes over to the light system. I am definitely more of a traditional RPG fan where you... You level up and you're getting gear uh, according to what your level is or maybe you'll pick up a gear that's too too powerful for you and you have to level up to a certain level in order to equip it. Up until or towards level 20, it was just like that. You might pick up a gear that says it's level 15 and you're level 10. You can't touch it and that's great. But I felt that once you hit level 20, everything just kind of opens up to you. And I kind of didn't like that. I kind of wish it just kind of stuck with more of, you know, you got this gear, it's level 25, and you need to be 25 to wear it as opposed to just being 20. But from what I'm hearing, that's going to get changed in Taken King, and I'm very excited for that. Yeah, what, we will uh, definitely talk a little bit more about that later. Um, but yeah, it, it's interesting, too, how you stopped gaining levels through EXP, yet your EXP doesn't go to waste because you're still leveling up abilities on your pieces of gear, on your weapons and armor. So uh, it was it's definitely a very strange hybrid EXP system that I, I don't think I've ever seen anywhere else. Uh, all right, Shai, what about you? Uh, horizontal versus progre- gear, uh, vertical gear progression? You want to talk about that a little bit? 
Or yeah. you have something something different? No, I mean, and I think it's I think it ties in a lot to what you and you and Van were saying. And I know, like once again, like Van was saying, like to harken back to old podcasts, like we we will act. We will wax eloquently on this podcast about Final Fantasy XI and the, and the days of, of an MMO where you could actually carry you know gear from low levels all the way up to you know almost max level and still use them. And I think that uh, Destiny is a very similar system compared to a lot of the MMOs we played now, who like were basically like a couple months down the road when a new raid or a new you know the new patch comes out, basically you're running that to basically just replace all of your gear straight up just for flat stat upgrades. And one thing I love about Destiny is that. You know, over the course of a year, like even now, the Titan King is coming out, and I think the Titan King may change. I think that a lot of the exotic armor isn't going to um, scale up. I don't know that they're actually bringing any exotic armor. I know a lot of the, some of the weapons are going up, but uh, um, for the past year, like some, you've been able to use any, you know any armor, like not even the stuff they've been releasing just with the expansions, but even from the original game. And uh, you know, like there are specific pieces. So, for an example, as an example, like a Titan helmet, um, the Helm of Saint Fourteen, where it causes their bubble to blind enemies. And that's huge. That's a huge helmet to use for a lot of situations in the game. Like it completely changes the mechanics of how you approach using that bubble and drawing enemies into that bubble and, and like it being more of a safety zone. And, and even in PVP, it makes huge impact. And there's, and there's pieces like that all across the board um, for all the classes. And I just think that I, that's just been something that has really been a big draw for me to the game that I really love. Yeah, I, I would agree. I think the thing I like most about the progression is that your all your weapons and armors had cool abilities even low level dinky pieces that you got at level three would have an ability on there like you know you know increases you know reduces your grenade cooldown or or you know increases your reload speed or something like and then obviously as you get further in the game you get more and more unique abilities but i that's something that as i've mentioned many times in the past i think that's a real benefit to a game that really makes it gives you a lot of options for ways to give gear because all this gear can be, as, as we've talked about, situationally useful. And to, to Shai's point, then you don't need to throw it away. You might not wear it full time, but it could still have a use here or there. And that, I think that kind of thing makes makes that gear feel a lot more special. Like there'll be targeted pieces of gear that you can look for and say, oh man, that ability would really change things for me. I really want that piece rather than just, oh... It's the same piece as I have now, but it has plus one strength and plus one dexterity, so it's better. Um, that is, you know, something that a lot of current day MMOs tend to have that plus one aspect to gear progression. So, Smiley, let me ask you yeah. a question to play host here for a second. Yeah, go for what it. What do you, <clears throat> with regards to gear um, progression, how do you feel about the way, the fact that in Destiny, whenever there's a final boss or you complete whatever the final objective was, you would get drops. Now, those drops would be player exclusive. And what I mean by that is player A will get his own set of drops or her own set of drops. Player B would get his or hers, but player B could have been had the you know, could have gotten the elusive Galahorn seven times and player A could have watched player B get it seven times, but there's absolutely nothing player A could do about getting that piece of gear. So I don't really like it. I think having a healthy in-game economy is good and that's part of what makes an MMO an MMO is the ability to trade and interact with your fellow players. Otherwise, you're kind of playing like a cooperative single-player game in a way. But it's clear that they really were... Bungie obviously had a desire to make sure that third-party trading and third-party like money, like really to keep RMT out of the game. And when and you what's open, RMT? 
uh, real money trading. Thank you for making me clarify, because uh, for you know some people I think are are lucky enough to not have to have dealt with real money traders in a lot of the games they've played, and that's wonderful because they really can cheapen an experience and really make things uh, not so great for the community, uh, and that's really an, a whole other podcast in and of itself. But the the fact of the matter is, is when you open when, whenever you allow things to be traded, all of a sudden you open the door for third parties to come in and say, hey, you know, if you want that piece, maybe we can farm it for you, and if you pay us nineteen ninety five or another fair rate, uh, we can make sure that you get that piece that you want. And so, to me, that's the reason that there's no trading at all in Destiny is they wanted to make sure there was no foothold for an RMT to come in. Uh, do you guys agree with that, Shy? Do you agree that that's the reason there's not trading in Destiny and that drops are character locked and exclusive yeah i mean i think we'd have to we'd have to look that up i thought specifically they had said that that they had said that at some point but uh oh, but there mean, was an official statement up. saying yeah that. i thought that because that I mean, that was a big it's concern clear. when the game first came out there was a lot of community uproar about the fact that it wasn't trading for the very reason you said and specifically i think around gallahorn because a number of people would see it three or four times and uh and then you know that was one of the most elusive weapons for a long time in the game and um and I think that that, that was a uh, concern brought up um, to the to Bungie, and I think that I thought that they did address that specifically with that, but I, I can't I can't pull up that quote or that information. Fair enough, uh, and that's a good segue, Van, because that really kind of shades more. It sounds like, especially coming from you, that it sounds like that's more something that maybe you don't like about the gear progression uh, is is that there is no trading that you can you know, you're helpless. And even if it's a group of people that you preformed your party with and have run with every week to see your buddy get the drop that you want and he doesn't even want it. He's not even going to use it. He would give it to you if he could, but he can't. What else, uh, and Van, I'll start with you on this since you segued into it. What else about the gear system do you think could be improved upon? Um, real quick, let me just um, answer back. So, yeah, sure. sure, I looked up the quote real quick and it was actually, there's a, there's a, article from Forbes written by Paul Tassie in which he quotes Bungie as saying okay I had to find the quote real quick as for swapping <laughs> irons in the tower nope we want you to earn them you should be able to tell a badass story for everyone's sweet jewel in your arsenal once you earn them the various guardians under your account will be able to trade them but weapons belong to the players who acquire them through actions and bravery yeah I like that okay so, so it sounds like I mean Really, they're sidestepping the idea of not wanting RMT in. Yeah. But I mean, it it it's a good way to put it, I guess, to say if we're talking about lore and immersion, we don't want you to go buy that epic weapon, that epic gun, that epic piece of armor. We want you to go out and get it. And it sounds a lot better when it's put that way than in practice when you're the one in the raid watching the item you want drop to the third time to somebody right. else. But you know. So instead of earning by bravery, it should be getting lucky with bravery. Yeah, <laughs> praying to R and Jesus. <laughs> right. Um, in addition to that, one of the things I didn't like was the um, there's three benefits that you can get on a piece of gear, and I think you talked about it a little bit earlier. Um, in addition to the light, uh, you have intelligence, strength, and discipline. And what they do is they you know reduce the cooldowns of either your grenade, your melee attack, um, or your special. And it just it, it's it's very vague on how much it increases. It just says intelligence and there's a meter like zero to 300 and once you're at 300 intelligence then your grenade's going to be reduced by and it just says reduced so it doesn't say exactly how much so since there was no numerical value or no um like real idea to strive for 
I didn't really give a crap about any of those three elements. I just said, hey, I like playing with, you know, I like throwing my knife a lot as a hunter. Let me go ahead and work on the one that reduces that one. But I really didn't know what I was doing. So although I had 17 crota legs with a whole bunch of different varying um, values with regards to intelligence, discipline, and strength, I just kept the same one that I leveled up the first time because it wasn't worth leveling up any of the other ones. They, it just seemed like they missed a big opportunity there. And I see Bentendo's finger on the button like he wants to say something about it. Go ahead, Ben. Oh, my finger was just on the button because leaving it there, making sure I could say something. <laughs> um, you know what? It, it, in terms of how I feel about the gear system, I uh, you're talking to a guy who has not played an MMO ever in life. Uh, I dabbled maybe a little bit in Final Fantasy XIV, but that's really because when you buy the game, it comes with a free month. Uh, outside of that, you know, I didn't really have no experience in MMOs, but I, I personally like the the drop system in Destiny, and I do agree with that that quote that Van said about how they're not going to do trading; it's just more going to be telling your own story. Because a big part for me of Destiny is just that the the stories that you get simply from playing the game. Uh, you can do. You can run a, a raid with your group of friends for a month straight and not get the gear or weapon that you were aiming to get. And then and you could be pissed off and you could be very upset every time you don't get the gear, but let's say someone else gets it who has already has that gear. But the, the second that you do get it, that one raid that you do complete and that weapon or armor does drop, it's such an amazing feeling. That That feeling that you get just because you know you got the gear it, it's for me that is definitely one of the highlights of playing destiny and it's it's one of the draws and it's just one of the amazing things that this game provides so i i definitely agree that they're on one hand i do think that maybe they should have a training system but overall i don't think they should i i really do think that you should quote unquote earn your gear um but you know having said that that's the thing i you don't really earn anything in this game. It's all a crapshoot. But I definitely like that you got to play to win. And I definitely like that. Indeed, yeah. I mean, it definitely makes it so that you, you know, w whether it's random or not, you, you, a lot of times you do have to put the time in to some extent to, to get what you want. And when somebody has a really cool weapon or armor, like, you know that they went through the raid to get it. You know that they didn't you know, buy it off an auction house or, or buy it through a third party. Uh, so, I mean, it does accomplish that stated goal of of kind of almost being bragging rights to say, look at the weapon I have. That means I did, I completed this. You know I could only get this gun from this raid. Um, Shy, what about you? Uh, I know you and I have talked a lot about the group progression in this game, and I know you probably have more to say about it than the others, so I want to make sure I give you some time. What's, uh, what's your biggest complaint about gear progression in Destiny, my friend? Um, I mean, I don't know. I, I think my biggest my biggest complaint, and I think you guys were hit on it, is just uh, it's just that you can't target specific gear. And I think that the problem is um, the problem is that a lot of MMOs approach approach the uh, the same uh, <clears throat> approach gear the same way. Like you can't target specific gear in a lot of MMOs. Taking like a, a close game like uh, like Final Fantasy fourteen, um, a recent MMO like that. Um, you know, like you can't, you can run a raid over and over and over and maybe not get a drop. Um, but I think at the same time where like Destiny is different is that the gear has such an impact and it does change the way you play. And like you were saying earlier, like how like you would look at a gear and you'd want to be able to target it so you could, you know, um, 
you know, because you wanted to like do a certain build or try out a certain setup, um, since there's no way to target it, um, that would become very frustrating. And I think, uh, um, I don't know, I think there are ways we talked about kind of like the limitations, you know, of how Bungie, you know, there wasn't a trading system and maybe some of the reasons why they couldn't do it. I think that one one game that stands out that did a, a good way of trading was Diablo 3 had a good system where you could, after a, like a legendary weapon dropped and you were in a party, like fighting stuff, you would have a certain amount of time within that party to trade it. And I don't know why Bungie couldn't have come up with a system like that, you know, so that it would cut out RMT. It would cut out some of the frustrations of always running with your friends and seeing some guy get like, you know, one of your friends get five gal horns and never being able to trade it off um but i think something like that would have would have gone a long way i think that something else um and maybe it just doesn't matter but I, I know ben you were talking about um you know just the feeling of finally getting that drop i think that a lot of people you know so there's this guy named zur in the game who shows up once a week and sells some exotics and uh i think that what happens is sometimes he shows up and sells a rare exotic that some people you know you know, hunted for months to get, and then he just shows up and sells it, and anybody can buy it. And I think that there's been some frustration with that as well. Once again, is it all about luck, and is it nice to have a, a safeguard against some of that luck? But, yeah. I definitely like Zer. I've gotten a lot of my exotics off of him. So, love just, me some Zer. It just doesn't give you that feeling. I mean, I guess maybe, I don't know. I remember when he sold Icebreaker, and I guess there was a certain kind of cool camaraderie. Like, we were all on WhatsApp that day. Like, everybody get on, get your Icebreaker, you know? Like, <laughs> there was cool, like, there was, I mean, there was, I mean, there, it can add some cool stories. But, you know, it's not that whole story of, like, that guy who hunted for, like, three months to get his Icebreaker, right? And he's like, man, that killed Valus to Ark, and it dropped that Nightfall. And, man, you know, like, I remember that. I don't know. I wonder if it had, you know, it has a different element. So the final thing I think we want to talk about with the Greer progression on the Nave side was that there's still some console exclusivity when it comes to uh, weapons. Does somebody want to say something about that? I am looking forward to Zerus finally selling the Monte Carlo because I have been hunting <laughs> for the Monte Carlo for the past year. Sell the Monte Carlo already. Well, that's where I was with the Hawkmoon, and I finally got one. But like, yeah, for like nine months, I hunted for that gun, and since he can't sell it, yeah, I hear you. And so, uh, so I think what these guys are referring to is that the, there are some weapons that are exclusive for, for I think they're all exclusive to PS4. Is that correct? That the kind of the Xbox yeah. users are the correct. ones who are locked correct. out a little bit. And so the, the uh, Jure, who they were just talking about as a guy who sometimes shows up and sells exotic weapons and armor, he won't see the Jure trading um, instance, I guess I should say, is the same for Xbox and PS4. So because of that, he will never sell a PS4 exclusive item because then he wouldn't be selling anything to the Xbox users. So uh, for, there's some, there's a couple of weapons that uh, like the Monte Carlo and the Hawkman, which were just referenced, that will never show up in his inventory because they're console exclusive. So uh, we talked a little bit in previous podcasts about what we think of console exclusivity, and I think that's that kind of thing is something that I don't like. I, I hate when games do that kind of thing where they kind of box out, you know, certain console owners. Like if you paid the the same $50 as a PS4 user to get the game, why can't you experience all the content? It seems unfair to me. Well, and there's, and there's, a, there's like a level of a, like offensiveness to it, right? Like, I mean, if it was like a custom emblem or a custom shader or maybe like even a custom sparrow, you know I mean? It'd be one thing. But like these weapons that, once again, like we said, can like be game changing. It's just, it's odd. Yeah, yeah, I can. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I think I would be pretty disenfranchised if I was an Xbox Destiny player. I would. I would not. I would not probably feel as rosy about it as I am as a PS4 guy. But anything else you want to add, Van? You've been quiet for a couple minutes. 
Now, I just want to clarify, um, I talked a lot about strength, discipline, and intellect earlier. Strength is directly coordinated to the melee, discipline is to your grenade, intellect is to your super, in case I said otherwise. Well, yeah, I mean, I think it's interesting, too, that point you brought up, that we had talked earlier about how the abilities on each of these weapons and armor was so well done. It's funny that they almost they almost went too far in that direction, and they didn't give enough of the numerical stats to increment there. You know what I mean? Uh, it's it's funny how they went the complete opposite end of the spectrum. It'd be interesting to see, maybe in the Taken King, what it looks like if they get more of a, a better balance, where the numbers are as important as the abilities. All right, well, I think this is a good time for us to step away for a little break, but we'll be right back after these messages from some people whose opinions you should value. So, uh, what do you guys want me to rap about today? Destiny. 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 Mm. Now you want me to roll with a destiny rap Well in destiny the human race is under attack And yo I got a message for them Vex on Venus All you mechie scumballs you can suck my pee Whoa wait Now I gotta keep it clean Gotta keep it dope I gotta keep bringing to my people words of hope Cause yo some wonder if the earth will ever be free Don't worry little homies To win's our destiny <laughs> Alright I thought that went pretty well Nice That has Grammy written all over it Word, let's Emmy, baby. Emmy. Here's here's what I'm thinking. If Kanye West so can declare for the presidency with raps of his, I feel like I got a shot. Then Donald Smiley. Trump can. I think so. Smiley, 2020. Let's hear it. All right, back to the work now, gentlemen. We're going to talk about the raids in Destiny because the raids are really, in my opinion, what set Destiny apart and what kind of delivered on their promise of saying that it was the first FPS MMO because that's where you really start getting the team mechanics and it really feels more like the the wows and the final fantasies of the world. So what's the best thing about the raids? Let's start uh let's start with our guest once again, Bentendo. What do you like about the raids? There's a couple raids in Destiny. I think the most notable are Vault of Glass. Um What's the Crota's one called? And then, Crota's yeah, end. Prisoner of Elders is it's, I not guess really it's a technically raid. It's a raid, but something it's not really. Similar. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, you can talk about any or all of them, or, or just raids in general, Ben. What do you think? Uh, raids in general, hands down, the best aspect is going to be the teamwork required to complete them. Um, playing shooters, you're generally just one-on-one, -on -one, you know, Call of Duty style, or, or even on some levels, Battlefield. It's, it's just you and your enemy, but... Destiny with VOG and, and Crota's and it's all about teamwork. If one person is not doing their job, the raid is wiped and you're going to orbit. So definitely teamwork, teamwork, teamwork. What about you, Shy? What uh, what do you think is the most appealing feature of the raids in Destiny? I mean I think I think I'd have to agree with Ben with Ben in that. And I think that I think that especially with VOG, I think that um it just changes the way that I viewed what an FPS could do. Because, you know, they talked about when Destiny was coming out, they're like, we're going to have raids. And I think yeah, everybody was definitely. really skeptical. Like, what does that mean? Like, what is an FPS raid? <laughs> and then when it turns out that, like, at certain times, one teammate has to pick up a certain item and, like, they are the ones who have to kill certain things and they can shield the whole party from certain effects. And then there were certain parts of VOG where, like, you'd split into sub-fire sub teams and go into, like, certain arenas and kill certain enemies in a certain amount of times. Like, like 
I don't, yeah, it was just crazy. Like the amount of like coordination that Ben was saying, and then the amount of just like responsibility and the stakes for the whole team just really kind of, I don't know, like it just was a whole different experience and tons of fun and tons of satisfaction when you finally cleared that raid for the first time. And then when they released hard mode, and, and the cool thing about the hard mode raids, the cool and frustrating thing is that when someone dies, you can't raise them. Either you have to clear that segment of the raid or you all wipe and start from the scratch, you know, and so the stakes are even that much higher. And of course, enemies are harder even. And so, um, I, just, I mean, Vault of Glass was super fun i didn't like crozen nearly as much it seemed like it 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 skimped on the on the mechanics more so but yeah i was i'm a big fan yeah i was gonna i was gonna chip in there and but then you address it yourself i think the coolest thing about it was how much fun the raid was like it was an enjoyable activity to do even though it really challenged you and pushed you and, and took a lot of time a lot of times to get right and especially i know when when we started doing it as a group there was a lot of times where we couldn't get through it. You know, it was it was hard. We we would get to a certain point. We'd have to we'd have to wipe, and maybe we wouldn't even be able to finish it that day. But it was it was enjoyable, especially Vault of Glass. That was that was a really great raid, a lot of fun to do. Van, what about you? Anything you want to chip in that hasn't already been mentioned? Um, that hasn't been mentioned, not so much. To piggyback off of, absolutely. Um, like Ben said, it wasn't a running gun. It wasn't just like capture the point like you would see with other multiplayer. Um, FPSs, but there were actual tactics involved and responsibilities by the individual. And like you said, some of the raids were difficult. I mean, Crota hard mode, shoot, I don't think we even finished that until we got level 34. Um, so basically what happened was that the main boss, I think, is level 34 or 33. 34. And you're um, 32, so it's two levels higher, so you're only doing 33% damage. Um, so it was so difficult, or our mechanics were off, or something was off, but we weren't able to actually beat it until we leveled up ourselves um, past the raid release level, which was 32. So um, I, yeah, I guess it was one level different, so it, was, it would have been 33 when, when the uh, release for the patch was 32. But the point I'm making is it was extremely difficult. Um, and you had that real sense of accomplishment that you don't really get with first-person shooters, where you all stuck together, you all communicated well, everybody did their role, you guys were able to finally, finally get the win, and it was extremely exciting. And then on top of that, you were rewarded with some of the best weapons in the entire game, and the only way to get those were through um, finishing those those hard and extremely difficult raids. So I guess to echo the sentiment of the of Bungie when they said we want you guys to earn it and you know we want every every weapon to be a story in and of itself, that's exactly what they did with the raids. And they did a great job at it. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, I think what you're thinking of with the two level gap is that it was Crota was 33, the max at the time was 32, but most of us were 31 because you couldn't get 32 gear without beating Crota's end. Or at least beating parts of it, right? So most of us were kind of gearing up towards being one level behind, but I think there was a two-level gap for most of most of the time when 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 it first came out, right? Are you talking like about hard mode or normal mode? Uh, hard mode, I believe. I think I'm mean, have to look this up specifically, but I believe on hard mode he is 34. I think that there was a two-level really? gap. Even yeah, I think that was the even point, with was max that, level yes, gear. Wow. Yes, I think that so they all the mobs were one like level. That. I think all the mobs were one level above you, and then he was specifically two levels above. Okay, you. interesting. Uh, so let's let's flip the coin again. Then uh, what what about the raids could be done better? What are you maybe hoping to see something different in the Taken King that, uh, about raids that that just weren't didn't deliver? No Go from more the back glitches. forward. Oh, no more glitches. Let's hear it, Ben. Tell, tell us about some of the glitches and technical problems. Uh, that would definitely just be the only drawback to raiding is that to lose a raid due to no fault of your own 
having, say, Crota all of a sudden warp to a spot that he should not have been in in the first place, or uh, the Templar, or Atheon just kind of freezing up, or even in VOG when you go through the portals and you leave the portals, but yet you're still on Venus or Mars, just those are the little frustrating things about the raid, and what makes it so frustrating is that you have absolutely no control over it. You are doing your part. The game isn't, and, and that, I think, is just definitely the biggest problem of raiding. Yeah, I, I remember when we used to do Vault of Glass, how we would talk about different ways to try to avoid getting glitched when coming out of the portals. Like, well, maybe if you try to run and, and turn directly, or don't turn till you're all the way through, or don't be jumping when you're going through the portal. Like, we kept trying all these different things to try to figure out, is there a way that we don't get stuck in here? Because it totally would hose the group a lot of times if one person was late coming out of there or got stuck in there. Very true. Shy, what about you? What do you uh, what do you want to say about the maybe the drawback side of the rating? Well, uh, just a recent anecdote um, about uh, about that question, Smiley, is that uh, just recently coming back, uh, you know, after taking a break from this game, um, these guys Ben and Van helped myself and some other friends that we uh, that that we have that play with us um, actually clear Crota hard mode, and uh, and what was sad was we basically had Crota beat multiple times. We we spent about forty five minutes to an hour trying to beat Crota hard mode, and about uh, well, no, it was probably more like hour and 15 minutes total but the, but probably 45 minutes of that was just trying to beat crota because several times we had him beat and basically had a sliver of health and then he would glitch in some way like he would stand up before he was before he should technically stand up or he would kill our sword bearer um without going into too much details about mechanics um but the guy basically responsible for directly damaging and they'd kill him before like uh like even though we wouldn't see his attack animation and so just stuff like that like basically the frustration that you go through um you know even to this day it's rampant um and i think that i think that's what's interesting is especially like once again going back to like another modern MMO but like 14 um, I believe like 14 and this might be something I might have to research and possibly correct in the future but I believe that they actually have their own uh, like servers for their like duty finder content and so it's that, almost that like, is true. like yeah. it almost has like a priority system right like I think that you're supposed to have more of a smoother experience when you're doing more difficult content and and that's something we've definitely seen with Destiny where no that's not that's not the case <laughs> you're yeah, just as for, yeah yeah that is true Final Fantasy 14 has its own dedicated servers for raids and 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 they even said that we want our latency to be the highest possible quality when you're doing the hardest content. And so that's prioritized. And that, that wasn't the case from launch, but they ran into, I think, similar problems pretty early on. And they kind of changed it so that that would be, uh, you know, so that would be the case. So that's, yeah, I mean, that's a good point. I think when, when you look at, you know, the forums for this game, a lot of the posts have to do with glitches and technical problems and why are they introducing menial content and not fixing outstanding issues that they're obviously aware of, right? Like, that's always been one of the loud complaints I've heard about Destiny for the development team is why aren't they doing something about these things they clearly know about. Van, what do you, uh, what do you want to say about the raids? Yeah, I, I agree 100% that the uh, glitches and technical problems is the number one. Um, but more recently, one of the frustrating aspects of raiding and Destiny, and as we mentioned, it's kind of a pseudo-raid, but it's the Prison of Elders. And it's uh, kind of like an arena challenge. And in order to get the year one completion, and we'll talk about that a little bit later, you had to defeat um, one of the newest um, raids, which is the Skullless, which is the level 35 mob, and you're level 34. And um, in order to get to Skullless, there's six rounds. 
Now, it typically takes a set of good four, you know, four players who do a flawless run up to Skalas, which is the sixth round, probably about an hour, an hour and 15 minutes. And then after that, you have to learn the Skolas fight, which is a bunch of different series of events, and I'm not going to go into detail about them, but basically you've already grinded. Um, realistically, if you've done it a thousand times, you're going to get up there in an hour. If you're running with somebody who's new or you're not extremely familiar with it, it may take you two, maybe even two and a half hours just to get to Skolas. Now you have to learn the Skolas fight, which in and of itself is an entire like campaign with a multitude of, of events and multiple events and all these other things. And it's unfortunate because you have to learn his first stage and then you die on the second stage. Then you hash out, hey, how do I get the second stage? Then you learn the first and second stage, then you die on the third stage. Then you have to hash out the first, second, and third stage and then get to the fourth stage. And by this time, you're five hours into the raid, six hours into the raid. And if you're not completing it, you know that, hey, if I stop now and I go back to the beginning you know, and try again even tomorrow, I have to go through the first five rounds just to get to Skolas and then start grinding on Skolas. And I'm just not a big fan of the you must die in order to learn how to beat the mob mentality that seems to be so prevalent, yeah, prevalent with uh, with bosses nowadays in MMOs. Yeah, I mean that was always one of my big complaints in Final Fantasy XIV. That was very similar, where it's like the game expects you to die. It expects your entire raid to wipe multiple times until you can figure out what it wants you to do. And that's but, it's an interesting thing. What do you think, Shy? Well, no, I would, I would say just backwards? say like think because I know you haven't experienced. I, don't, I think you've experienced maybe some of the earlier Prison of Elders so far, but I don't know that you actually got to Skolas or tried Skolas. No, out. But I like, never did. But like think about our frustrations with some of the fights we did in fourteen, like turn seven, and like these, these fights we spent weeks progressing on. But like instead of like having to redo a like a ten minute segment of a fight over and over, like like Van was saying, like. That at the end of the night, when you know that you're done, like you know, next week you can't just, or not next week, but next raid day, you can't just come in and start at the beginning of those 40 yeah. minutes. You start at the beginning of three hours of just like, of like annoying grinding until you get back. Like, it's not just the different stages of his fight. Like, that's the worst part is that there's not a checkpoint system per like stage of that series. Like, that you can, uh, yeah, it's, I, yeah, I totally agree. Now, with do, that. do you think at some point they might add a checkpoint system to that? Like, has yes. there been a lot of feedback put in? Yes. There's been a lot of shout from the, the community about it. Um, yeah, and, and people I've talked to in the games also, they've expressed their the same, uh, similar views on it, and I, I, I think they're absolutely... Uh, it, it, I don't understand why there wasn't a checkpoint. Realistically, it would have fit in there extremely nice. They need to. Uh, Prison of Elders is basically House of Wolves' version of a raid. and uh, When you're running Vault of Glass or Crota, Crota's End, you get checkpoints at every yeah. section. So absolutely. I don't understand why Prison of Elders... It, they basically just force you to go through that three-hour grind that you did every single time that you're going to play, and I think it's ridiculous. All right, guys, as much as I'd like to keep talking about raids, and I think we could probably do a whole podcast just on the raids because they are very, very in-depth, uh, we want to take just a little time before we end to look forward to to what we're looking forward to, which is, of course, the new expansion coming out again September 15th. Um, let's just talk maybe each of us like one or two things that, that you're really looking forward to the most, either things that you know is coming that you want to try or things that you hope that they'll do coming forward. So uh, I'm going to start with uh, Van this time. Van, what's what's number one on your list? Well, uh, it's not necessarily number one, but it's the first thing I'm going to talk about. And it, the only reason I'm speaking about it is because I talked about it earlier on this podcast, and it's with the int and the strength and the discipline, the intellect. And what it is is they're actually adding a numerical value to the system now. So you will know... When I put, you know, int intellect or whatever, it's going to reduce X, Y, Z by 0.2 seconds or by 0.5 seconds. There's going to be actual numerical values to it 
and I'm I'm really looking forward to to seeing that so I can nitpick the type of gear I want and all the 40 pieces of boots that I have stored in my warehouse. I'm going to know exactly <laughs> what to do with them. Got more boots than my girlfriend has shoes probably. That all right, one thing. I... Oh, please go ahead. Oh no, no, I was saying that was one thing for Van. Like I don't know if he had something else he was going to I think he said like you just pick like two things. I don't know, maybe Van didn't have anything else he wanted to add to that. I don't know. Um, Van, this is your chance. I'm sorry, I missed it. What? Shy, go ahead. All right, I'm going to go then. <laughs> Van can jump in later if he thinks of something else he wants to talk about. Um, I guess if I were to pick like two things, um, I would say, uh, I mean, specifically the new subclasses I'm super excited about. I think that that's probably a lot of people are in the same boat. I was telling you earlier during the break that uh, I'm actually – like I play a hunter main. Actually, two of my three characters are hunters. Um, I'm actually going to be deleting one of my hunters because I'm actually super excited about war- the new warlock subclass. And I think that of the new subclasses, the warlock and titan subclasses I think look better than than the hunter one. And so like I'm excited about the new subclasses. Like those look really cool. And then I would say um, um, I think that the new exotics I'm super excited about. We've talked about how game changing they are, and just thinking that I mean they've said that there's a significant amount of new exotic weapons and armor coming out. Um, like. Um, two thirds of like what came out with like Destiny or something like that. Like there's gonna be like a do- like dozens of them, and so it'll be really cool to see what new weapons and new armor like are out there and how it's gonna change how we play. So two things I'm those two things I'm really excited about. Fair enough, uh, Ben. If you want to go a different direction, you can. But I wanted to ask you specifically. You had said something earlier about uh, maybe the EXP changes. Uh, did you want to expand on that a little bit? What What are they doing differently with experience in uh, in the Titan King and leveling? Uh, well, from what I understand with the experience level in Taken King, they're just going to take it a more traditional RPG route in that you're leveling up your character through experience points, and when you are getting new gear or weapons, well, mostly gear, I should say, that those gears are going to have a level cap to them where you have to be a certain level in order to even equip them. I'm definitely looking forward to that. I think overall, I'm just looking forward to year two in general. I've said this a couple of times, and I've talked to to several people about this, where I felt year one was basically Destiny beta, and Destiny year two is pretty much just going to bring all those little changes that we have been griping about the year prior, and I'm looking forward to it. I'm just, I'm so stoked and so psyched for year two, and it's going to be great. Right on, man. Anybody have anything else they want to uh, to mention before we before we wrap this up today? Yes, they need to bring in um, Sparrow Racing sometime mm, in the future. Yeah. That would be I'm amazing. So, I, can't so I can't believe oh, that. I can't believe that's not in the game it's already. Working. Actually, another <laughs> uh, another thing to mention, like if we're talking about dreams, is uh, I don't know if you guys have seen the CG trailers yet, but there's a space battle in one of the new CG like story cutscenes, and I mean space fighting. I feel like in Destiny it could be super fun. If oh they yeah, we, we've to, talked about that. Yeah. Yes, they need to bring that in, and yeah, the launch trailer. I don't know if you guys have seen it, but it looks incredible, and they're sticking with the the Led Zeppelin motif. Awesome, awesome stuff. Yeah, I know we had talked uh, when the game first came out about how we wish there was some kind of uh, space battle a la Knights, uh, Star Wars The Old Republic, which I thought did their space battles pretty pretty interestingly. Yeah, the uh, on rails. Yeah, it is. Year three. See, see, year three. Well, as Shy likes to say, please look forward to it, right? All right, well, I want to really thank our guest speaker today, Ben Tendo. Thank you so much for joining us. Ben, do you have uh, some kind of contact info that you wanted to give out? Is, is there anything you anywhere you'd want viewers to contact you, either like a Twitter or an email or something like that? Uh, pretty much I am just on Instagram under Bentendo. Uh, any questions or, you know, add me, go ahead and do that. Um, I also just wanted to thank you guys for having me on today. Uh, this has been an amazing experience 
And I definitely want to give a shout out to my Destiny clan, Rock Cave Ninjas. You guys are the best. What up, Playboys? Yeah, glad to hear it, man. Well, thank you so much. We were we were very happy to have you. You're a great guest. Um, for all our listeners, we're very happy to have you as well. If you want to contact us, please feel free to leave us comments in our YouTube page. We'd love to hear from you there. If you have ideas for questions of the day or ways we can make the podcast better, things you liked or didn't like. If you'd like, you can also reach out to us on Twitter at Focus Target. Uh, we can be emailed at FocusTargetPodcast at gmail.com. Or you can visit our blog, FocusTarget.wordpress.com. We may have been a little bit negligent in updating that the last couple weeks, but uh, it, is up, it is up to date. It is up to, it is up to date today. What, have, what have we got to look forward names, to? But, uh, uh, <laughs> but uh, we this is the first part of what we hope to be a two-part Destiny podcast. We may not do it next time because the game will have just come out. But uh, I think we definitely want to give you some actually hands or I guess boots on the grounds, hands-on experience with the new expansion and kind of tell you things again that maybe we liked, didn't like, and are still perhaps hoping for. So uh, uh, for, for my whole crew, thank you very much. I am Smiley. This is Shad. And as always, I'm Van. Cover us, Porkins. We're out.